Good morning, everybody. A lot of you people know that I recently got back from Wyoming about a week and a half ago. Took my youngest son out there to uh, take him to the Air Force Base and helped him drive his vehicle out there. And I had to get back home. And here's what procrastinators get. Four weeks ago, I checked airline flights to fly home. It's going to be $140. That's pretty good. I waited a few days, checked again, I was going to book the flight. It was $450. There's got to be some kind of algorithm or something that checks to see how many times that you're checking that or something. I don't know. But me being the cheapskate that I was, I did not book the flight. I went to Greyhound site, and I booked a Greyhound bus. Well, that was mistake number one. <laughs> Nothing against Greyhound, because it did get me, did get me home. But uh, we had a great trip out there, and I had a good day and a half in Wyoming, and... I, I knew something was up because about an hour before I was to go get on the bus and the hotel um, manager, he was going to shuttle me there. I got a call from Greyhound from out east and it said, your pickup place has been changed. And they said, we've got a different address for you. I said, okay. And then I thought to myself, what if you hadn't got a hold of me? I would have missed my bus. But they did, and so the driver took me to where I was going to go. And I'd never rode a bus before, so I didn't know what to do. But uh, the, uh, there was different people there waiting on him. And uh, so naturally the bus was late. <laughs> they said, oh, he's usually about 10 minutes late. And I said, okay. 60 minutes, 50 minutes, an hour later, the bus pulls up, and I get on, and they had booked every seat in that bus. <laughs> and um, I got on the bus, and I'm from southern Illinois. I'm not used to a lot of things. I've hardly been outside of Clay and Wayne County. So I get on the bus, and there is all different types of people in there. And that's great, right? A lot of diversity and everything. But some of the ones that I was sitting next to, they were um, evidently gangsters. <laughs> and uh, they had on, some of them were dressed in all red, like red sweatpants, uh, red jerseys, flat bill caps and everything. And then there were some guys that were sitting on the other side of the bus that were dressed in all blue. And I kid you not, they got into an argument over the color of a blanket that one of them was covered up with. And it went back and forth, back and forth. There was also a couple of homeless people on the bus. We'll get to that in a minute. 
there is this loudmouth so-called Christian on the bus that was very obnoxious. And there were just a whole variety of other people. So from Cheyenne to Denver was only about a two-hour trip, but it seemed like an eternity. And I was stuck in between all these guys. And whenever we got to Denver and we stepped off of the bus at the bus station, we were met by about nine policemen. And as I stepped off the bus, the guy beside me, the policemen say, step away, step away. And I'm like, no problem with me. <laughs> and the dogs were there and they had jumped up on the guy, grabbed, was, had a hold of his pack, and then they took him off and he went to jail. He did not make it any farther. So we got at Denver and um, I had to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs> and, but I went to the ticket thing and I thought, where's my next bus go to? I stood in line for a half hour there and then they told me. Then I ran to the bathroom, got over there, and you could not get into the bathroom without punching in a code. And I asked them, I said, where do you get the code? They go, you got to go back to the ticket line. So I had to go back in the ticket line and wait another half hour to go get the code. The code was one, two, three, four. <laughs> and so guess what? The next bus that I was supposed to take, someone smoked in the bathroom on the trip before. It set off the fire alarm and it messed up the electronics on the bus. So our bus was delayed. They said it shouldn't be more than 10, 15 minutes. Two hours later, <laughs> we get on the bus. And we're crammed in there again and I go to get back on the seat where I was normally sitting. Well, this is a different bus. Well, there was people already there. So I'm gonna try to find a place. And when you buy one ticket, you get one seat, right? Well, these people didn't play by the rules. <laughs> Just to show you what happened from right there for the next 400 miles, I need, I need some help. Uh, how about Mark, since you're here close? Will you come here and get in the fetal position, kind of like this? <laughs> no, facing that way. So, the window seat was here. And this guy's sitting here like this, and he's, he's hunched over his bag trying to sleep. And so I didn't even tell my wife this. So I was sitting, I had to sit next to him. But the guy across the seat, across the row, he was sitting in a seat by himself and he acted like he owned the whole place. And so uh, there's no correlation to this, but Rick, can you come and help me? You'll play this guy. And so he was sitting right there, sit here facing me. Now, 
I'm sitting here like this. This is the aisle way. And there is the first seat that he did not pay for. And he's leaning back and he kicks off his shoes. (laughs) And he's got a blanket covering him up. And next thing I know, he's like this. And for 400 miles, I got the two stinkiest parts of a human being. And to top it all off, my seats broke. And it's leaning forward. And so I'm like this. Okay, guys, I can't take any more of this. So that was the next 400 miles. We get there to the next stop. It wasn't a switchover, it was just a stop. We get there and they say, uh, we've got to do something different. We've got to put you guys on a different bus. Now I went on with one carry-on, which it was was my man bag. So (laughs) don't worry, I'm very masculine. It was a man bag and it was small and I just had just very minimal clothes in there. And then I had my coat. And so I did not want to infringe on other people's space, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) So it didn't take me much. But everybody else, they did not follow by these rules. Most people had four or five Walmart bags and a carry-on and a pillow and a blanket and this and that. The next 300 miles, I got the window seat. But whenever I woke up in the middle of the night, I had four or five bags piled on top of me where this guy was just throwing all his stuff. Well, the next stop, we got off, and I, we got back on. He had taken over my seat. And I went to sit back down again. My phone's about dead. And I said, uh, and, and in this bus, the plug-in is over here on the window side because there's all these plug-ins all along there. And I said, uh, excuse me, sir, can I plug my phone in? He goes, I'd rather you not. <laughs> and I said, well, I, my phone's dead. He goes, no. I'm like, oh, okay. So I couldn't plug, plug my phone in. Well, he fell asleep and the phone was about dead and he had his, his coat pulled up over his head, and I'm reaching around, <laughs> trying to plug my phone in, and right as my arm gets around, he goes, don't do it. <laughs> and I was like, eh. he was one of these guys dressed in all red. <laughs> so, anyway, I... I, I just stayed right to myself, right here. But along the way, there was other things that happened. Besides the one person getting arrested, there was six other people in that group that I started out with that had got arrested along the way. One lady stole a sandwich from one of the, the stops, stole a sandwich, walked out, they got her. The two of the gang members got in a fist fight. 
They both got arrested, got kicked off, just various other things. People were getting arrested left and right, which was great because some of the seats were opening up. <laughs> yeah. There was one of the homeless ladies, the, there, there, was, there was a few homeless people on there. One of them was a homeless lady that she was probably 65, 70 years old. And I didn't realize that she was homeless until later on. And she was sitting up, up from me. And, um, and I, I noticed she had, a, uh, she had a walker. And man, I mean, she was going really, really slow. But one of the stops, she was off away from everybody. And she put the walker away. And man, she was just walking around. Well, that was her, that was her thing, you know. She was just trying to survive. And... Um, I could hear people talking, and they said, one of them that had sat by her earlier said that um, every time that she gets to where she needs a place to stay, that she would fall down, and they would take her to the hospital, and then she would have a a place to stay. And I I felt really bad for her, because she's just trying to survive, you know? And uh, speaking of that, we have a lot of people here that volunteer at Homeless Shelter over at Mount Vernon. If you would just stand up real quick. If you volunteer at the homeless place there. I know there's other than, others than this, but let's, let's give these people a hand. Because you don't know what it's like until you're in that situation. And um, so there was a homeless lady on there. There was a guy there that, uh, he was one of the gangsters too, and he was... Uh, because, you know, it getting ready to be Christmas and everything, he was talking about what he wanted and what he was going to get. And he was talking about, uh, you know, um, a new jacket, new this and that, uh, new, new car, new this, everything. And uh, he said, this is the only thing I want in life. And I thought, oh, gosh. And I thought, well, you know what, you, you need to... You need to witness to these people. Well, I was, all of a sudden there was this, this, this Christian guy on there who was real loud and obnoxious. And I mean, it was just to the point to where he was offending everybody in, in everything that he said. And it was, um, it was to the point of being um, mean, hateful, vulgar, and everything else. And I thought, what can I do to change this? What can I do to change the direction of this? And this is one time that God, I feel like his God's spirit was speaking to me and he said, you need to shut up because you need to show them what a Christian person acts like more than you need to tell them. Because sometimes our actions speak louder than our words. There was another guy on there, and uh, he was bragging. So he, he was, whenever every stop that he got, different people got on and off. And so this guy would change seats according to if there was a better-looking woman that got on the bus, then he would go and sit by her, and he would brag about how much money he was making in the oil field and everything. Later on, he was closer to my seat, and I could hear him talking on the phone, and he was talking with uh, AT&T, and he's like, how come you took that money out of my account? 
And he was talking about how he was going to be overdrawn and everything. And everybody was hearing him. And they found out his story. And it was like, he's, he's so full of hot air. This was all so crazy on this trip. And so there was, there was another group of people that was sitting up. And they asked, there was one person that asked this one question uh, to another person. And it just rang through my mind. And so what it was was, what's the one thing that you want most in your life? And I thought, you know, that's, that's a really good question. So as, as time went on here, after I got home and everything, um, I asked myself that. What's the one thing you want most in your life? And I thought, well, you know, me being a professional Christian and everything, I said, well, I want, I want more of God in my life. And, uh, but that's not the answer that the people on the bus was giving this person. They were giving them various different answers. And the thing it is, is that's not really a fair question to ask for a lot of people. Because off the top of your head, when you use the word want, it usually means to what are you wanting to get or this or that. So I, I re, um, rethought that question. I was talking to Rick whenever I was making the title of this. And I thought, what's most important in your life? That's a better question, right? What's most important in your life? If you would, let's turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40. Oh, to finish that story of the trip, while you're turning to there, uh, I made it to St. Louis. And I was, of course, late. And... uh, Took me 36, 32 to 36 hours to get there. No bath, nothing to eat, nothing. And um, so Sam was, she was supposed to pick me up from the bus station. Well, that wasn't going to work because I had to catch a different bus. So when I got to St. Before I got to St. Louis, I called Marvin Manahan and I said, "Hey, buddy." <laughs> he he was he he just said, "Hey, George." I said, could you come, could you, could you do me a favor? And he goes, well, yeah, what, what is it? And I said, man, I'm going to be stranded here in St. Louis. And so um, I said, could you meet me at the Metro and pick me up? And he said, sure. And um, so I took the Metro from the bus station downtown out to Shiloh at Scott. And uh, I just got off the bus and... I sat there, and if you've ever been at that metro station, the Air Force base is on the backside of you, and out here is just the parking lot and nothing. And I was the only one who got off there, and uh, later there was another person or two that come up that was waiting for another train. But I just sat there, and I just went, <sighs> And then all of a sudden, here comes that truck rolling around through there, and I could see Marvin in there, and you talk about the joy that was in me then. I was, and I, I told him, I said, man, you're a sight for sore eyes. I said, let's go to Lottawata Creek, and we're going to get a 16-ounce ribeye, and that's just what we did. 
I ate that dude down, and they bring you that big roll with the toasted oatmeal on it. You know what I'm talking about. And I told our server, uh, he, was a, he was a real gentleman, I said, I, I, I've been on the bus forever, and I'm starving to death. I said, is there any way? And he goes, I'll bring you another one. So he brought us another one. We started eating it. The guy would come walking back, and I said, hey, he took mine. He goes, I'll bring you another one. Anyway, back to Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. It says, and this is uh, the Pharisees asking Jesus, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In reading these two greatest commandments, and, and, you know, here's the thing. So after I started posing this question, what's most important in your life? I thought, I need to, I need to see what other people think of what's most important in your life. And so I started doing this unofficial survey of mine, and I asked, I want to say at least 60 people over the, over the last week, week and a half. And I, asked, I did ask them two questions. And most of the people that I asked were not from church. They were just people, they may go to church or they, you know, I don't know what their background was, but I would ask them at the gas station or at Lowe's or Walmart or this or that. And I would ask them, what do you want most in your life? Well, um, some people would say, well, I want, uh, you know, I want this or I want that. And uh, some people would give the super spiritual answer and they'd say, I want more of God in my life. And... um, then I would ask them, I'd say, let me ask you another question. What's most important in your life right now? And do you know what most people would say? Most people said, well, my family. And a lot of people would say, well, you know, God is the most important thing in my life and, and family. And I said, well, what do you really want? And I had about five different people. Um, the last one was yesterday whenever I went to town and about five different people, they actually started crying whenever they would answer the question. And, and some of them, uh, one couple, they said, or gentleman, his wife was uh, uh, in the store. He said, uh, I want my family to be repaired. And I said, what can you do to do that? He said, it's going to take a whole lot of forgiveness. And it's going to take a whole lot of grace. I said, sounds like you've got it right. And I said, I'll, I'll be praying for you. I hope the best for you and your family. Other people said, you know, uh, I, uh, I just want my family to be closer together. Or, you know, I got sickness in our family and we need healing in our family. And, and people actually started crying whenever I would ask them that question. And uh, so I thought to myself in reading this, two greatest commandments what is the thing that's most important in your life? The things that should be most important in your life is first, my relationship with God. Most important thing in my life. But second, my relationships with other people. And whenever I say other people, now spouses don't get upset because sometimes when people read that, they misread that. Because for me to love my spouse the best to my ability, I have to put God first. 
And then I can love them the way that God had intended for a, a husband or wife to love their spouse. My relationship with Christ, my relationships with other people are the most important things for me in my life. Because I tell you, and I love getting and receiving things, presents and stuff like that, but I tell you what, everything, usually almost everything, ends up in the junk pile. You know, it's only temporary. My relationships that I've built with you people here at Orchardville Church, you're my family. This is one of the most important things to me. My family, the most important things to me. But mostly important is my relationship with Christ. My relationship with Marvin Manahan was really important the other day. Because I could not take one more minute in that bus station. My relationships with the people on that bus, that was real important too. Because I'll tell you what, if the flesh side of me would have come out, it wouldn't have ended well. Because if I would have told those gangsters to sit down and shut up, they would have probably shut me up. I'm wiry, but I'm not that wiry. Our relationship with Christ and our relationship with other people, value that, value that. If the worship team would go ahead and come. By the end of the trip, if someone would have looked at me, they would have thought I was one of those homeless people. <laughs> I've got really bad hair, but I mean, it was sticking up so bad and I smelt. I did. And I thought to myself, you're not any different than they are. The only difference is you have a roof over your head. You better be thankful for that. You have people that love you. You have people that are around you, surrounded by you. Don't take that for granted. If you all would, please stand. Let's get this first thing first. The most important thing in our lives is our relationship with Christ. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer of salvation. If you would, go ahead and if you want, pray along with me. And if you've never asked Jesus into your life before, just really think about what, what you're praying. And I would, I would hope that you would truly, truly mean it. Let's pray. Father, I come to you today in, the, in your name. Lord, I ask and pray, Lord, that you would forgive me. God, I fall short, and I need a Savior in my life. The most important thing to me, Lord, help me to be a better husband, a better father, and a better friend, and a better neighbor. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you, Lord, and I love you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you've never prayed that prayer before, you are now a child of God, and you're now on the, on the beginnings of putting the most important thing in your life first. If you have problems with relationships with other people, I want to open these altars to you this morning to come and bring this, not to me, but bring this before God. And pray that there would be healing, healing between you. 
And if there's any other needs for prayer at all, healing or anything that you need, come and we've got all kinds of people and myself and the pastor and Rick, we would love to pray for you. Whatever your needs are, bring it before God today. priority straight is the most very important today.